0: Hello and welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein and my partner in crime is Igor Djurkovic. Igor, how are you doing?
1: I'm uh, doing fine. Ready to go and talk some basketball.
0: Yeah, uh, fun week of games. We had nine nine games of action. Uh, we still have one undefeated team left Rosa Bamberg was able to um, get their victory keep, remain uh, a perfect team and and we saw four more teams uh, join the playoffs with uh, Heredia and Pablo Burgos the reigning champs uh, also S- uh, six Strasbourg happy Casa Brandisi and Turk telecom, uh, Turk telecom Ankara uh, those two uh, those that group Joining the others, um, Ibero, Star, Tenerife, and Casa de Monts, uh, makes it a seven team field right now. We have, so we have nine teams left. And uh, man, that last, last, last two weeks of games are going to be really, really fun. Uh, loads of uh, action and um, suspense just waiting for us. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, we do have some some news as well. Um, coaching news, coaching news items. Um, Oded o- 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 Kothic is leaving hapo Jerusalem to head over to Panathinaikos, and uh, Daniels uh, o- uh former Lithuanian national team head coach, also was at Ritas, uh, is taking his spot. And also we we uh, we had Erkam Monmon. Uh, take over as head coach uh at Galatasaray um so maybe Igor uh what do you think about those two moves either or um obviously you know Galatasaray is you know gone through some massive changes now this is uh you know it looked like Urgatao was going to maybe stay on as head coach but uh, now they're bringing in um uh Memun and then and then Katash obviously uh, leaves a a pretty big legacy there um, in uh, in in Jerusalem.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm really happy for Odet Katush that he got a call from a all-time European great like Panathinaikos, especially because he played over there. Mm-hmm. So he is a kind of a legend. I mean, his career didn't last that long, unfortunately, because of the injuries, but he was still able to kind of be the guy for Panathinaikos and fans love him and basically they need a fresh start. So really happy for him after he did his thing for Jerusalem over the past three years after he coached uh, both the under 20 and the national team to really high levels to kind of get The next stage, I mean, this is going to be a true test for him because Panathinaikos aren't playing well this season, aren't playing well for a couple of seasons, so this could be a big test for him. And as for Adamaitis, he he feels like a decent uh, replacement for him. I mean, he could do really good stuff. We know him already from his time with Neptunas over here in the BCL. Uh, He coached Lithuania, so a lot of good stuff about him and looking forward to seeing what he can do
0: yeah you said uh, neptunus um, of course that was where he was here in the uh, in the b c l um, interview of the week later on in the show we talked to Simon Michael from Kravnos uh even though they are eliminated uh, I thought it was uh, we thought it was a, a good idea to bring in uh, bring on him and, and get at a nice history lesson on Cypriot basketball. It was a fun chat. Uh, that's coming up uh, after we break down the the week of action. So I guess let's jump in and talk about the week that was. Uh, standout performances uh, for week 10. We had Tariq Phillip in the TOFAS victory over Dijon with 20 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and three steals. D'Angelo Harrison... Uh, another fantastic performance for Brindisi against Dasha Fakam at 24 points, four rebounds, four assists. Bonzi Colson, who is slowly uh, taking uh, a huge place in the history of this competition with some of his heroics uh, in the Strasbourg, in the sixth Strasbourg, uh victory over points, 31.7 rebounds, four steals, double overtime win. Uh, we'll talk plenty about that one. Uh, we also had. Sam Decker uh, from Turk Telecom Ankara in the win over Hapul, uh Jerusalem, 20 points, eight rebounds, three assists. And Reimar Morgan, Pinar Kashiaka versus Fortitudo Bologna, 22 points, five rebounds, five assists. Thoughts about that? Uh, maybe somebody, thoughts about that group of five? Uh, maybe somebody uh, you want, uh, you think should have uh, taken a spot in there?
1: I mean, there there were a lot of, good numbers all over the league. I mean, Teran Pathway had 25 for Peristeri. Jay Crockett also played a good game for Peristeri with 19 and 7. So basically an efficiency of 27. So those are the two names that could have been in because their, their win was a big one over Ritas, basically. But like... The the same thing that we say every single week. Who do you take out if you want to put them in? Or if you want to put in Dejan Kravich and his highly efficient sixteen, five and four line. I mean there's just not enough room for everybody who played well.
0: I, I would actually I think I would actually put in Nick Johnson over Decker. Um yeah. Johnson, fifteen point six rebounds, four assists, three steals, two blocks. Uh, you know, really did so much uh, for that for that team and 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 also you know the defense that he did against um against uh, against those um those fantastic guards uh for Jerusalem um but you know like you said it's it's a it's a you can't win um but anyway yeah, i, I thought good. i thought nick johnson minnison at least um at least uh, deserved a a little bit of a of a of a recon- recognition
1: yeah our starting five of the week should have 10 players
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least one sixth man. Why don't we do that? Let yeah, let's be okay. sure. <laughs> All right, let's break it. Let's break on the action. We did have a uh, a, a game day seven makeup game that was uh, JDA Dijon um, losing at home to tofas Bursa ninety to sixty one. Uh, that was the only gr- uh, game in Group D. The other two teams in Group B are of course here in Nimbrook and. Um, um So, uh, the first game uh, between these two teams was a Dijon six-point victory, and then and then this game happened. Thoughts on uh, on this one?
1: Yeah, I have no no explanation on what's going <laughs> on with Dijon over the last couple of weeks because from being heavy favorites to win the group, now they have gone into a situation that they're gonna need some help from Nimburg on the last game day because. If uh, they finish in a tie with Tofash, they're not going through. If they finish in a tie with Nimburg, they're not going through. So they just need uh, to be ahead of Tofas. So if Nimburg win against Tofas on the last game they Nimburg are going to be five and one. Tofas are going to be three and three. So Dijon needs to defeat Keravnos to climb to four and two in advance. But this is this is a crazy situation because they had such a stellar start to the season
0: yeah um everything everything looked difficult for Dijon, which seemed to be a team where everything looked easy and yes. and to go from that to where everything just looked so difficult you know um you, you had a feeling that uh when when um when holston hit a three it was um it was second quarter, they were down by twenty, they were down by twenty five and he had hit hit his first three, he had missed his first four, and he thought, okay, well, maybe this would be you know the start you know that but um it didn't happen, and uh I mean you definitely have to tip your hat to to tofas who who really shut down um a, a team that, like you said, i mean they've been. <laughs> They've been uh, they've been uh, a darling uh, this season, and now they they're, they're they're we both said last week that they are actually the losing team from last week that that we are worried the least about.
1: Yeah, we need to change. <laughs> we ones. need to
0: change that. Um. All right, moving out to Group E. Unless you have anything else on that one.
1: No, I mean just another. Worrying sign for Dijon is that they have to defeat Keravnos, and it's not going to be an easy task, as it seems, because the first time they met, they had to go to overtime to do that. So it could be a slippery slope for them.
0: Yeah, um, uh, Simon Michael talks about that in the interview later, so uh, have plenty on that one. Uh, in Group E, uh, the fun has uh, the fun has continued. Paris Derry knocking off uh, Ritos. Vilnius at home, eighty-one seventy-four to stay alive, and then Strasbourg, six Strasbourg, uh, against Fevriga, winning one hundred one ninety-four in two overtimes uh, to move to four and one. Fevriga at three and two. Um, I'll let you start with either game.
1: I mean, and we need to go and check up on Bonesy Colson and what Friga has done to him to do this. I mean, this is crazy to burn them twice in the same season the way he did with clutch shots. It's just amazing, and that final play of the fourth quarter when they played the what's now known as a Butler sideline sideline out of bounds from Brad Stevens' days uh, in the NCAA. I mean, that's just another twist because this is this is a completely new Strasbourg vibe that they're sending out, and I'm really happy for them to cruise over here to be already qualified with a game to play and to be at four and one is just amazing.
0: Sometimes on this podcast, I, I say just go back and watch uh, the whole game. Um, go at least watch the second half and, and the two overtimes. Uh, of this one, this was actually the sixth overtime game that that that, uh, B, that they six, that Strasbourg have played in the BCL, um, tying uh, Umana Raya uh, venetia f- with six. Um, you mentioned you mentioned that um, there, there's so much of this game that I that that I want to um, to talk about. Um, you mentioned you mentioned the the, the play at the end. Uh, and it wasn't even at the end of, of regulation. I mean, you, you and you saw, you know, Colson say, "Hey, guys, settle down, settle down." I think it was like something like six yeah. seconds or so. And then yeah. you had the charge. Um, you had the offensive foul by Allman, who, man, uh, talk about talk about the uh, uh, talk about the, the 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 tragic figure here on this one. Um, he ended up ended up missing. Uh, I think it was. So he ended up making missing his final three free throws in the f- in the final 153 plus the turnover, and uh, and didn't score at all uh, after the one the first free throw he split two free throws with 153 um, after playing really fantastic again, um, but you know for me it was really surprising to see uh, Almond uh, not deliver. You know um, also. I don't know if you noticed it, but in the second overtime, uh, he went out with four minutes and one second left, and he was actually on the cube to come back in at three twenty-five. I went back and, and looked at the time. He went go went to go to the cube. That was after uh, Scalia missed the layup at three twenty five but didn 't make it into the game until one twenty two left in the game and it was already ninety ninety eight ninety one um, so you know, he ended up missing uh what 's that you know two and a half minutes, and in that time you know, there was there was no offense for for Fevriga for and, and you you just didn't have a chance for him to if you know if that's one of the things he's always done this entire season is you know if the team's not scoring or anything he'll drive and he'll get fouled and, and, and he can go to the free throw line. So um, like I said just just so on so many different dynamics. You had you had Jefferson foul out late in the late in regulation and then you had you had you had uh, Lansdowne and um, and and Coulson uh, trying to to stop uh, uh, um just so so much. And and, and actually, Bocek also had the, the 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 two or you know long two or three, um, basically at the buzzer of regulation, and that could have uh, won the game too. So um, again, just go and watch it; it's so much fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're kind of setting the bar way too up high for Fefriga this season because. I mean, this is a completely new team and they're still so young. And if Kyle Allman is capable of putting up 21 points and then finishing off the game against Strasbourg without making the mistake, without missing a free throw, without turning the ball over, he wouldn't have been playing for Vefriga. He would have been playing for Golden State Warriors. I mean, (laughs) this is the learning process for him over here. Same goes for all the other guys for michael kaiser who had a slow game stat wise with just six points on two of eight shooting so this this is not something to be worried about if you're a because i mean it's always going to be strasbourg in a close game because they got so much experience in wainwright colson uh even boha i mean they're just way too experienced to be collapsing at home with the way they're playing right now. So good job for Strasbourg to win this game. It wasn't Riga losing it. It was Strasbourg winning it.
0: Uh, Yes and no. I mean, you you did have the missed free throws at the end um, in the final 153 153 plus overtime. Uh, Fev Riga went just 5 of 11 from the free throw line and if i'm not mistaken there was only the two free throws in either of the overtime so um so yeah, five five of 11 they
1: were they were still plus 13 on free throws all game long so it wasn't the free throws i mean it was just you you win some you
0: lose some yeah sure <laughs> sure sure uh and and now and now they have next week a uh, do or die game uh, against Peristeri. um and yeah. so Peristeri. Uh, looks like uh, Stephen Green has um, uh, has has said I've had enough and is out. And um, I don't really have anything um, to 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 add to this one. Um, any anything of note uh, from the Peristeri win over Ritas to, to really stay alive?
1: Not really. Just happy that Buck and legend Jay Crockett is doing his thing in Greece now with 19 points and seven rebounds. Like he's slowly but surely taking over in Peristeri
0: all things back and bears will be yeah, uh, will be brought up all right group F Rosa Bamberg um, yeah just just taking care of it uh, 90 to 75 over uh Rattet Bilbao to drop them to 2 to 2 and 3 5 and 0 oh, like we said uh, Bamberg the other game was uh, Pinar Kashiaka winning 78 to 50, uh, 78 65 uh, at Fortitudo Bologna Fortitudo Bologna uh, they dropped to 0 and 5, Karsiaka at 3 and 2. Um your thoughts on on these two?
1: I kinda of expected the Kassiaka win over Bologna to complete the sweep, but I'm I'm surprised with the ease that Bamberg had over Bilbao. I expected kinda of a closer game because Bamberg were already secured of passage and don't have to to give it their, their all, but this is a this is a new Bamberg team, and they're now chasing a perfect record in, in the regular season, so it makes sense for them to play a lot. And this is the point that you know they end up losing in our MVP race or in our most the best dynamic duo or in the best shooters, whatever we do to single out players, Bros the Bamberg are always going to be on the losing side because they're. A team first, and, mm-hmm. and this game was evident because you had uh, Zengfelder with 16 and 9, you had Kravish with 15, Hunt with 11 and 9 assists, Michele Vitali with 10, uh, Ogbe with 12, Lockhart with 10, so just such a loaded team, and I haven't even mentioned Chase Fielder and Devon Hall, who are basically two starters for them, depending on the matchups. And of course, we're still waiting for, to see what Chevon Thompson brings in long term.
0: He was in a couple of minutes Sean Thompson and they're also bringing in Alex Roof um, who has already played twice for coach Reitker's at Göttingen. So he's a guy who knows how coach thinks and how he wants to play. Um, so you mentioned all those guys. So you add now Thompson and, and Roof um, and, and it's, you know, this is a team that's actually struggled in the German BBL. They're at five and seven right now. They've, they've, Won only one of their last five, um, including losing to Rastafechte, who won their first game of the season against Bamberg. Um, and Rastafechte, getting to it, Rastafechte is, is coached by Thomas Pech, who was the coach last season at Telecom Baskets Bonn, who were kind of the same way, cruising through the uh, cruising through the basketball champions league and struggling at home in the BBL not as uh, uh isn't isn't doing as bad as as Bonn were um so it's kind of a, a little bit of a chicken and hide and and so uh it's going to be interesting and, and I think that's one of the another one of the reasons why uh Bomberg wanted to bring in some more some more guys because of that that, that just the 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 burden of playing two two game uh, in two competitions Kashiaka. um yeah I you know too much Raymar Morgan. I mean, he was mentioned in the standout performances, uh, rightfully so. He was just they they had no answer for them. Anything anything else on in this group? No,
1: not really. I mean, happy that we're seeing more and more Turkish players getting minutes for Kashyaka, mm-hmm. especially with Onur bitim. I watched him a lot in the under twenties, and I know that he's a. Uh, player capable of contributing as a role player for Karshiaka on this kind of level so happy to see him produce
0: alright, Group G uh, Iokea, um getting the victory 76-73 over Limoges they move to 3-2, Limoges drops to 1-4 and, and then Hapo Jerusalem losing at home 78-77 to Turk Tahleikum Ankara uh, they move to 4-1 and one, and Jerusalem uh now in a fight to to move to get to the uh to the next round at two and three. Um I'll let you go on. Which one do you want to talk about?
1: I mean we kind of give all the attention to the winning teams and we already talked about Turk Telecom, we already talked about Hapoel Jerusalem, we talked about Eagle Care, but Limoges have to go down as one of the unluckiest teams ever to play in the Basketball Champions League because they lost to Turk Telecom by five, to Turk Telecom by three, to Hapoel Jerusalem by six, and now this one by three points again. So, so this is just, um, I mean, it's a couple of shots, it's a couple of turnovers, it's a couple of passes, uh, and just crazy that they are basically... Down at the bottom, just one and four out already in their debut. I mean, think just I, I don't even know how to describe it. How he, how can you even be at one and four with points difference at only minus mm-hmm. twelve?
0: Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's crazy. I
0: tell you what, man, I look forward to your stat of the week because I thought maybe you might uh, pull a pull a limoge, uh, for the stat of the week. So I'm looking forward to see what you what you bring yeah. up. I, I just continue to um, be amazed with uh, Iguaia. Um, this is the team by far that I was the most wrong on. Um, really, the whole season, uh, every 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 week they every game they they really just um, continue to change my mind more and more um, in a in a positive way. So you know, congratulations to them. Um, anything else on this one before we go to our last group?
1: No, I mean, I uh, follow Igo Kea all the time because they play the Adriatic League over here and basically every single time that they defeat somebody, the opponent just say Igo Kea are surprisingly big, surprisingly strong, like they have a lot of big bodies and it's hard to go by them and just they're a matchup nightmare. So that's that's the way they do it. and really happy to see somebody from this neighborhood kind of contribute in the Basketball Champions League and try and fight for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, their first season in the competition, so uh, great to see that. Yep. Um, Group H, uh, the reigning champs continue to, to, to roll. Uh, Burgos knockoff, Os- uh, Philo Ostend, 88-73, 4-1 and for Burgos into the playoffs, and Ostend uh, out at 1 and 4. The other game was because uh, Brindisi winning to move to 1 and 4, dropping Dasha Faka to Brindisi sorry 4 and 1, Dasha Faka, f- 1 and 4, 87 uh, 83. Uh thoughts on these two? Um
1: Burgos are basically switching through gears now. Um <laughs> the the the, 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 the It's crazy that they are so, so loaded and that they can afford to play with 11 guys with Hasiel Rivero sitting this one out and everybody scores. And everybody scored with at least five points and nobody played more than 24, 25 minutes. This, This is just like a coaching masterclass by Joan Peñaroya this season.
0: Uh totally agree. Not much to m- not much more to add. Um, you know, l- you have to you have to uh play almost a perfect game anyhow to beat Burgos and then when you turn the ball over twenty times, uh that's no. not gonna, that's not gonna that's you you're you have no chance that was Ostend's twenty turnovers. Dar Vaka, obviously we're we we're, we're trying to chase down point difference with Brindisi, leading by thirteen, which would have put which would have given them the tiebreaker and kept them alive. Uh led by thirteen in the third quarter, but um just too much um just too much brindisi in the end harrison um uh, not alone um but uh, obviously he was the big guy for them
1: yeah of course the guy from alaska has to be
0: ice cold when yes. when you blood shop. So. that's the igor we love yeah, yeah i know yep. the alaskan with ice in his veins yep <laughs> all right let's move to the Overtime, where we look at five subjects and um, and go a little bit deeper into the game day. Stat of the week. I'll let you go first. Uh,
1: my stat of the week is uh, 40. Uh, okay. And it's the amount of minutes that Sam Decker played uh, away from home against uh, Jerusalem. So basically, he played the entire game and he played showed no signs of slowing down so 40 minutes 20 points 8 of 16 408 from uh two from 408 from uh, three points range eight rebounds three assists he he was completely ready to play 40 minutes so uh, my suggestion is to sam to look up belek turkey um there's gonna be an ironman event over there so (laughs) sign up for a triathlete and give it give it your all i mean 40 minutes is not enough
0: I heard four, and I thought, oh, no, don't take it. Uh, four it was my number. Four seconds that Turk Telecom Same. Ankara led in that game over uh, Jerusalem. Obviously, uh, Baldwin's free throw with four seconds left gave them the lead for four seconds. It doesn't matter if you lead for yeah. f- 39 minutes and 50, 56 seconds. doesn't matter yep. who leads at the end. All right. Overreaction Friday. Um, you know what, man? I'm gonna. I'm. 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 I'm really worried for Dijon now, and I'm gonna say they're not gonna make it. Um, you, you also. You also have. And uh, Simon Michael talks about this as well from Kirafnos. They're gonna be so motivated. They were up by 15 points in the fourth quarter uh, before Holston and Julian uh, started that amazing comeback and send the game to overtime. So they'll be so motivated. Also to. Leave the competition on a high note and, th- you know, and, and show that uh, Cypriot basketball, um, you know, has, has something to say. So, Overreaction Friday, Dijon, man, you're gone.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, nice rhyme, man. Uh, but I noticed that on all these old reactions that you're usually using the negative components like somebody's going out, somebody's not gonna make it. I'm gonna you're be right, a bit man. More, and I'm
0: a positive guy and, and I think I need to bring in some positivity to the so I will try to change that in the future. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a bit more optimistic, so I'm gonna go and say that Burgos are gonna win this back to back.
0: Yeah, it's I mean in a one game that's the problem with that is that it's you know a one game um and in one game you never know. Of course they have so many weapons but uh yeah, hey man. It's, yep. It's not,
1: I got I I think that like people are focusing on Ajax and Tenerifes and whoever Brose Bamberg and you know, like Rudy Tomjanovic always said, never under- underestimate the heart of a champion.
0: I'm not focusing on Ike. I am I have my worries about Ike, even if they do make it through. But, all right, did you know? I'll let you start.
1: So, Hapoel Jerusalem had a championship-winning coach uh, as a player in Katash because he won the EuroLeague in 2000 with Panathinaikos. But they're getting another one because Adamaitis also won the EuroLeague in 1999 with Zalgiris. Mm-hmm. And they even played, both of them played in the FIBA Super League in 2001. And I was really looking forward to say that they played against each other. But it was one of the Katas' injured riddle seasons. I think it was his last one. So basically he played only one game while Adamaitis played a whole bunch of them for uh, Shlonsk uh, from Poland. But basically, like, their paths were kind of similar. They're both championship-winning coaches, so this could work out perfectly for Hapoel Jerusalem.
0: All right. Did you know um, that Ish Wainwright did not play basketball in the 2017-18 season? Oh. Uh He – and uh, we saw a little bit of it. Uh, there was the football pass, quarterback pass, I think Jeff Taylor said. Um, he actually played – uh, one season of college basketball, uh, college football. He went to Baylor and played four years of, of, of uh, college basketball. And then his, uh, had a fifth year um, and played uh, college football and actually had, had a tryout uh, with the Buffalo bills and uh, didn't make, and this was a 2018 and uh, with Baylor had caught four passes. It was a tight end. Um, so he caught four passes, 34 yards, two touchdowns in nine games and then uh after giving up his uh football, American football was his dream, and uh ended up uh giving it up and, and then going to play for Nuremberg in the second division in Germany, twenty eighteen-nineteen, and then as the um and then latched on with Rastafecht Fecht, where we saw him. And uh obviously now uh also throwing that pass uh to Bonzi Colson for the win, uh for the uh, big shot uh, in in regulation. So Ish writes, no basketball in Hmm,
1: 2017-18. That's highly bizarre. But uh, another thing uh, that's kind of ironic, uh, you know, the full court passes that you usually shout like, oh, that's like a quarterback pass. It's actually called the baseball pass in basketball Mm -hmm. theory. (laughs) Right,
0: right. All right, team that had the worst week. Um, Yeah, you know what? I'm going to... I think I'm going to leave the other one for you and uh, I'll I'll go with Hapo Jerusalem. Um losing Katesh, you know, it, it's it's um you know, it's it, it they, they losing the game and the, and then also losing Katesh and 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 their and their 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 their, their goal of uh, the min- minimum goal of reaching the playoffs uh you know it, it, still in question and then losing him you know um at this point with so much on the line uh, you kind of wish it would have been 2 weeks later so that he at least could finish the regular season and and coach them into the playoffs um so i'm going to say the 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 team with the worst week uh will be uh was Hapo Jerusalem though i do have another team but i will uh, let you have that one
1: well, i mean Dijon would be the obvious pick <laughs> but but i'm not going to take them. No, oh,
0: you're not even going to take that all I, right they good I
1: good yeah, I prepared for you taking them, so I went with uh, Vefriga mm. because not only did they lose a heartbreaking game, but Peristeri were also the one that won the game uh, in Greece. Right. So basically, they're still in question to advance. I mean, that they got only a three-point advantage from the first game against Peristeri, so it could go really, really downhill for Vefriga after they were almost close to
0: winning the group this week. Okay, and the surprise of the week for you, you go first. I mean, for me,
1: honestly, the surprise of the season is the fact that it's now kind of official that Stephen Gray left Perry Steady because the way he started playing for them, uh, I kind of had him in my MVP books, mm-hmm. like to, to do everything. Then, just like the, the way that he left, it's a huge surprise for me. I mean, they obviously got different plans, but. He could be a great pickup. Rumor has it he's on his way, probably to igokea I mean, it's not confirmed yet. By the time that we hear this, it might be over already. But this is just a huge surprise for me that he didn't work out with Peristeri because he's he already played there. He started the season strong. It felt like he would be an MVP kind of form, but turned out to be completely different. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um I think early in the season uh or maybe even before the season we said guys that we hope that uh, stay in the league if a team gets uh eliminated um if Paris is eliminated and we we still might have him. Um uh, that would definitely be be cool. Um, yeah, exactly.
1: But but you you would have never said like that he would have been the guy. No,
0: no. no. Yeah. Peterson was my was mine. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um my surprise was was the Tofas victory um, over over Dijon, um, especially them going eleven of twenty from three point range uh, fifty percent uh, whatever that is uh, my stat I don't have. They came into the game ranked 29th in three point percentage at twenty two point two percent, and then they they unload on on Dijon. I think it was six of seven, um, no six of eight. On threes in the first quarter, so uh, you know, just massive punch in the face, and uh, and uh, so that was my surprise. I mean, uh, not that Tofas would have won the game, but the the way that the uh, that they that they dominated uh, Dijon. All right, let's move to our interview, um, as mentioned a couple of times. Uh, here is my chat with Simon Michael from Karafnos. All right. So uh, on the show this week, we have Simon Michael from Kerafnos. Uh, Simon, thanks for taking some time.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, David.
0: Um, even though the team is eliminated uh, from the from reaching the next round of the Basketball Champions League, uh, I think it's good for BCL and, and actually European basketball fans as well to hear from you and, and maybe how are things going in Cyprus. So, um, actually, I, I really look forward to this chat with you to also learn some, some things myself. Yeah, so am I. Um, the, the last game that you guys played was, uh, game day nine against Tofas Bursa. Um, you guys yeah, ended yes. up losing, uh, to fall to 0 and 5. Um, just as a recollection of that last game, maybe just how do you, how do you remember that last game?
2: Uh, I know, I know for a fact that, uh, it was a game that we prepared as, i mean to the best of 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 our of our uh you know possibilities and quality and we 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 came out strong i believe we started uh matching the physicality and the and the execution and the speed of the game that you know bco game requires and i believe uh, throughout the game we had good moments good runs uh that, the beginning of the third quarter I believe that it was the the, the factor that really uh, pushes behind starting with a, ten, a 0-10 run against Topaz. and as you know, with this in in this competition, you really can have a dead moment because any any team is going to take advantage of that, and it's really hard trailing behind the team against I mean a, a team like Topaz or any team in the BCL. Uh, I think uh, for us. Uh, that game was uh was a good experience i'm not uh, I, I don't believe any of the team any any of the players or coaching staff we left the game thinking that we were disappointed we gave our best shot i mean we fought until the end we never stopped trying and sometimes you just have to live with that uh
0: when we reviewed the games last week on the podcast um one of the things that I noted was you guys were really hanging around even in that fourth quarter. um, And uh, and, uh, until uh, really that, that crazy shot by Zupsich where he, where you would, where he looks like he almost wants to throw it up to a layup uh, to to an alley oop to a big man. And it It goes in. Um, And, and from the one side, obviously we see him laughing, his teammates laughing but that made it a fourteen-point game with uh, just over yep. two minutes left, and and just the curiosity, the the you know the craziness of it. Um, to me, it, it seemed like a dagger because it kind of took that competitive fight that you guys it had. Is, it is, Was it, it like that it for is, you it guys?
2: Is. It it is because is exactly like, like you explained. Is you know we we kept on fighting, we kept on trying. If if you remember. The lead was going from eleven to nine to mm-hmm. seven and then back to ten, mm-hmm. uh, and we 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 were trying to find you know a moment in the game where we could just uh, make a run or a, a six a six or run a seven or run that we could take the game to you know less than five points, and we just couldn't find that uh, we couldn't find that stretch, but we kept on trying, and when that happened, and then that happened, like, <laughs> as, 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 as you said, a dagger. You know, I mean, you keep trying and something like that goes for the other team. So, and it was uh, in the midst of the fourth quarter. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you could w- say it was a dagger.
0: Yeah, it's probably one of the weirdest daggers you'll, you'll probably ever see. It was with two twenty left in the fourth quarter, so it was it was really you know it yeah. was last chance to to make it make yeah. a make a run. If he misses and you guys score three, it's a nine point game. Exactly. Um, let, let's go. Actually, go back to the beginning of the season. We'll go to the qualifying round in in a couple of minutes, but yeah. to, to the first game of the season, you had that wild game against Dijon. Um, against Dijon. Um, and, and that was a Dijon team that actually finished third at the final eight, really just a couple of months mm-hmm. ago. And you guys really punched them in the face. You led by 18 yep. uh, early in mm-hmm. the second quarter. And you were still leading by 15 points with nine minutes left. Yep. And then uh, – and and then David Holston and Axel Julian did what they, 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 they can do. They took
2: over, basically. They, yeah. they took over, basically. They, they, just, they just decided it's time for us to step up, and that's what they did. We,
0: we've, we've seen that a lot in the BCL over the years, the BCL fans, but what is it like as an opponent when you start seeing that really wave come over you?
2: Yeah. Uh, actually, for us, even though it, it's our first experience, the way we prepare is you know, we all we all players that uh, participated in uh, European uh, European competitions before. So uh, most of our players have the experience of going up against uh, this kind of players. So the way we prepare is we expect you know key players to come out in crucial moments and and make an impact. Uh, it's a completely different thing to experience it and to prepare for it. Mm. Uh, Houston, I believe, was having a quiet night up until the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
0: yeah, he was. I don't remember any points, yeah. but he was. Yeah,
2: uh, he, he was having a quiet night. He was just, you know, uh, like flowing into the game until he decided to take over. So for us, we came out guns blazing in that game. If, if we scored every three we took in the first quarter and that really gave us momentum to keep fighting and keep uh, controlling the tempo of the game. And that's why we were leading most of the time uh I mean uh, Dijon is not a uh it's not an easy team, or obviously they're going to make a comeback and make a run. So at the end of the game, I believe the game was equalized uh somewhat, and it came down to the stretch uh we finished uh, if I'm not mistaken 74, 74 and we're we'll
0: going to the overtime. Yeah, and then and then Julian did more of his damage in the yeah. in, in the overtime yeah. that second game was against Tofas then and and you actually needed four minutes to actually finally score um but then managed within the next ten minutes to actually take a ten point lead um and and then you kind of the team kind of caved in um yeah. especially like say the last uh thirteen minutes um I know that's probably still a, a while ago, but maybe. What was uh what was your main memory of that game? Um, you know them kind of just taking over the final uh, quarter and a half.
2: See the uh, the, the the huge difference between uh, what I'm experiencing in these uh, competitions compared to different uh, to other competitions that I've uh, participated in is uh, the the like the, the level of uh, athleticism and how the tempo of the game is being played uh and it, and it's really if you either if you can either support this kind of style or you 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 cannot really compete and I believe that's part of the reason why we've been having a good twenty twenty five minute stretch and then we suddenly uh run out of energy run out of uh, uh we're exhausted I believe that's part of the reason why we really can't compete down the stretch. I mean, in that stage of the competition, especially in that stage of our preparation as a team. And that's exactly what happened. We let off the gas for a few moments because we were trying to catch a breath. And Tofus kept on going.
0: And Nimbrook, the two games against Nimbrook is just... Man, that's a good team, yeah, Pro- probably, not. N- 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 <laughs>
2: N- N- Nimburg is in, I-, I believe, uh, even though I cannot, uh, I cannot make an ignorant statement about other teams. But from our group, I believe uh, Nimburgers is it's just clicking differently. You know the the flow of the game, they're executing their offense, their defense, the the, the 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 you know the athleticism they have, the bodies and the length of their team. And the way they're executing their roles and what everyone in that team is supposed to do, they're flowing different than other teams. So it, it, they're just, you know, just a great team.
0: Yeah, to have a guy like Wojciech doing his thing and then everybody else just coming along, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's a, it is really fun to watch. Unless you're an opponent, I think.
2: Uh, it, actually, actually, no, it's it's really interesting to watch them as well, even if you're an opponent. Yeah. Because. You, you know, as players, uh, you, you, you feel the game. You feel the flow of the game. And sometimes uh, you, you know when your team is losing the flow and when you're not in rhythm and you're trying to find that rhythm. The interesting thing about Limburg is that somehow they keep flowing in that rhythm. Even if they can't get something early in transition, their offense still flows and they're still in rhythm. The same thing happens on defense and, and the whole 40, 40 minutes game.
0: Let's actually go back a little further. Um, Karavnos had to go through the qualifying rounds. Uh, in Nicosia, you ended up beating uh, the Greek team, Reklis, uh, 96-94 in, in overtime. Um, and then uh, you knocked off the Dutch, the Netherlands team, Donar, um, oh. in the final. Um, maybe what did you think when Will Moriton's three-pointer for Donar didn't go in and you guys were bound for the BCA, uh, BCL regular season?
2: Uh, I mean, it it was such an exciting moment for us and, you know, the feeling of accomplishment and fulfillment at that moment because we gave everything we had, Uh, you know, it was back-to-back games with a day in between and in a a new environment, you know, in a bubble and going up against teams that, uh, you know, we have uh, history in European uh, competition so I remember that moment because I was guarding that uh, that three point, okay. <laughs> and I was coming, I, I was coming off a pin down, trying to go around it and contest the shot as best as I could. He took he, he took the shot, uh, and I was hoping that it didn't go in because that was my ass, you know. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. y- y- you were on the Karavnos teams that failed to get through the qualifying rounds in seventeen in two thousand seventeen eighteen, yep. and then uh, two thousand nineteen yep. twenty. You guys did pick up wins against Oftadoro and and Lee Cabela. Lee Cabela is obviously a team that that reached the the playoffs. Um, How did it feel to become the first Cypriot team to ever reach the the BCL?
2: It's really a unique feeling because uh, it was was a thing that was growing uh, from previous years. It was, you know, we were trying to build something for the last five, six years uh, since our coach and our coaching staff was established in Get out North, and they were given the chance to, you know, build something from, from the beginning. And usually if, if, if someone uh, looks out, uh, looks in the history, uh, our coach keeps the main structure of the team and just, you know, adds a few pieces. And that really helped us in building and becoming better throughout the years. And that I believe that's, it, it was, the satisfaction of accomplishing something that was being built you know over years and to have our first opportunity and not make it even though we had a good team and we did fight for every game really uh, you know really kindled our fire uh, to keep pushing and keep trying and make a better effort next time so when we when we had the chance in the qualifiers and that was and that's something that we discussed between the team and between players, we said, this is it. This is our chance. Like, we never know if we're going to get this chance again. And we don't know if the next time is going to be in this environment, having games playing at home, even though in a bubble, but in Cyprus. And it's, it's two wins away from qualifying. So it was, uh, give everything we have and let's just put everything on the table and see what we have and see uh, how, it, how, it, how it ends up. So when it actually happened and we realized that we qualified, uh, I mean, every athlete can relate when he has a great success. It's uh, a great feeling of fulfillment.
0: Let's go back a little bit. I've, I've actually seen two two different places of birth for you. I saw London and I also saw Limassol. Uh, maybe if you can ret- uh, set the record straight for all of the world, where mm-hmm. where were okay, you? In places,
2: places, places of birth. Okay, I was I was born in Islington, England, London.
0: Okay, uh-huh.
2: uh But I'm I'm Cypriot. I was raised in Cyprus. Okay, my family, father and mother, uh, were Cypriots that were living in England at the time, and as soon as I was born, a year later, we came back to Cyprus. So okay, so you' Cypriot but I was born in
0: England. yeah, so a year later- a year when you were basically a year old you guys moved then to uh, yeah. back to Cyprus um maybe how and when did basketball find you
2: okay uh when i was when I was thirteen going to fourteen years old uh i was i was a kid who was playing in the streets a lot, you know causing trouble and uh, we used to hang out with, you know, the, the, the neighborhood uh, gang, let's say. Uh, we used to hang out in a school where they were practicing, where there was a small team there, uh, and it was a second division Cyprus team. And they were practicing there with the academies and, you know, the uh, under, tw- un- under 12 and under 14 teams. And I was actually playing uh, soccer at the time. I was, you know, with, uh, in the neighborhood and i kicked the ball and i broke a window and while they were practicing inside so the coach came out and asked who did it and arrogantly i was uh, it was me i said that uh, it was me uh, so i didn't think i did, i didn't think at the time i did something wrong and he grabbed me by the hand took me inside showed me what i had done and that that i could have injured uh, you know the kids that were playing and the next day he came out found me grabbed me by the hand took me inside Said next, said next to me, and we watched the practice. He did that every day for the next weeks, and I ended up going by myself after that. And then eventually, he told me, "You want to practice?" And I said, "Yeah, why not?"
0: And basically, that's how it began. Cool. I don't know if I've ever heard a story like that before. So it's pretty cool. Uh, not many people think of basketball. When they think of Cyprus, maybe yeah, that's just, just. How would you describe being a fan of basketball in Cyprus? Then I mean, were were games on TV? Does it have a big following?
2: Yeah, uh, I could say ten years ago, uh, basketball was probably the number one sport in Cyprus. Uh, that was basically because a team in uh, Limassol was having great success mm-hmm, in European mm-hmm. competition,
0: yep.
2: and a lot of money was flowing through basketball because of the exposure that it had. Slowly after that, uh, you know, businesses and uh, sponsorships flowed into football and basketball became the uh, neglected uh, son of sports in Cyprus. Uh, Through that 10-year gap, uh, there were a lot of changes in how basketball was operating in Cyprus uh there was no investment in uh the Cyprus product, you know, the players and they were not uh, they were not developing what we already had in Cyprus. And there was a huge gap between ten years ago and what is happening now. And now we're we're back in the, you know, new era of trying to, you know, uh rise basketball from the, from its ashes and trying to expose it. And how? that's part of the reason why Get Getabnos is having a, a huge success.
0: How 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 would you say they're actually doing that then? I believe I believe
2: they invest. I mean, uh, having brought the number of foreigners to in the Cyprus League to three, where it used to be unlimited. And mm. uh, when I started, when I first became a pro, it was it was seven uh, foreigner players, and that never not, that never gave the chance for mm. the local product local to players to develop. Mm. Yeah, and to develop and to actually invest in a life in basketball because Mm -hmm. as you know the sacrifices are so much yeah the sacrifices are so much and if you really can invest in it and sacrifice everything else you won't succeed so because there was so much so uh, minimal return in your investment let's say as a player uh, kids never really wanted to play basketball so what happened, we, we tried as players, we tried to minimize the number of foreigners so we can give time, playing time, to the younger generations so they can develop. At the same time, we made a new uh, reform within the national team, brought new players in, uh, uh, older players retired, so they could get the experience of playing in the national level and developing their skills as well. And there's other small things that you can add some uh, scholarships that uh, some teams in the federation has come to agreement with the government, so players, when they do decide to play basketball and invest themselves in basketball, they can also get uh, you know an education out of it there's there's a small but significant things that uh, has changed in the last. Three, four years. I, really I, it's, I,
0: I think anytime where you can give uh, youngsters, uh, domestic young players, a, a sort of a, a chance or, or even just, a, you know, a. Um the vision that maybe they can perform become a, baske, a professional basketball player uh, okay. it helps and then you have the island too you know it's not like there's not uh, 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 loads of, of of other things that you know you're kind of limited to what you can do uh, anyhow sorry the, for the thing is the, the thing is about
2: Cyprus is the talent was always here it's just you know how how can you uh, develop that talent and how you uh, you can prepare, prepare and give it an environment where you can thrive Without it, even if you're the most talented player, you probably won't succeed.
0: Sorry for not knowing, um, but who would you say are some of the best Cypress basketball players of all time? Or who, um, and maybe who are some of the guys that you've, you you uh, had as role models?
2: Okay. Uh, I will start with the with the later part of your question. Uh, role models, uh, I have Yorgos Palalas, which is uh, sort of a uh, legendary figure in uh, Cyprus basketball, the modern Cyprus basketball. Uh, he's a point guard. He used to play in Iowa the first team that I uh, professionally played with, and he was there the year that I started. And he was also the point guard of the national team when I, when I, first, uh, when I first joined and had a successful uh, su- summer with the national team. And I really knew. I really learned a lot from him and how the game is being played in a different level. You know, from a point guard's perspective, and how uh, being the main, uh, the main, uh, you know, holder of the ball, and how you can read the game, and how you can read uh, how the flow of the game is going, and make passes, make reads, make plays, and how to make my teammates better. Before you know, putting my individual uh, efforts uh, before that. Uh, Palalas was really uh, someone I look I looked up to. Another player I look up to, who's still active, is Iago Osbandeli, who's also a point guard and who's an excellent example of what a in-game player is supposed to be like. Uh, his his mentality and how he approaches the game is. Is uh, something I mean uh, that really was inspiration for me. But I really learned a lot from my senior uh, teammates from the national team, and that goes for everyone: Koronidis, uh, uh, Vasilis, Giorgos Tchardidis. All my senior teammates in the national team. When I first joined, I was I was the youngest uh, player of the national team. I was the youngest, and they were all seniors uh, in the 30s. So they had a ton of experience and I was just absorbing because I was in my 20s, early 20s. I was just, you know, absorbing all that experience that they had. And uh, it really helped me a lot developing my game. Uh, Other legends, you know, that are down in history is uh, Yorgos Tirotos, another great player that really developed, not just uh, as a basketball player, but the basketball as a culture in Cyprus. And after that, I mean, as a, as a basketball player, you want to develop every single day and find, you know, motivations and uh, things that you can absorb from everything around you, even that, even if that's a coach or a player. And right now, in, my, in this stage of my career, that's what I do. And I use the European uh, competitions a lot for that. And playing against players uh, of that uh, stature and of that calibre Really helps
0: me. One of the one of the the advantages, one of the disadvantages, I think, of a country like the Czech Republic, you mentioned Nimbr before, is that you know is, is so dominant um, that there's not really a lot of competition within the country. Um, and uh, whereas you guys, you know, you're battling, um, you've really been battling with Eich Lanarka for uh, the title. You know, they won. 13, 15, 16, Mm -hmm. and then 18, and you won in 17 and 19, you know, they had the first, they had two attempts to try to get to the BCL champion, uh, the BCL qualifying rounds as well. Um, you know, there's also, um, maybe just talk about, um, and we'll get to Ayel in a a second, um, but maybe just talk about the battle that's going on right now, um, in, in Cyprus. Let's call it for supremacy in the country. Yeah. Uh
2: the example you gave is a perfect one. Uh, and how you described it. The last couple of years it's been a head a, a total head to head battle with Ike. It's it's been a great rivalry and as a player and as a team, you want that because that's what's keeping you thriving and that's what's keeping you on edge because you know as soon as you start slacking behind, they're not gonna they're not gonna allow you to do that. And as you said, it's been year in, year out between us and Ike, and they've competed in European competitions as well. They've been trying to make that next step as we did this year, and having them is really a testament of our effort, having them as rivals. But as you said, Apoel is also in the mix. Maybe not so much in the in 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 the early in the later years, uh, recent years. Excuse me. But definitely in the history of basketball, they've been in the mix uh, almost every year. And there's a lot of teams in the recent uh, in the recent years that are making improvements. One of them is the uh, the team that we recently played against, Paralimni, which the last four years they've been uh, developing every year and they've been making uh, they've been they're becoming better and better every year. And this is happening, I believe, uh, with other teams as well.
0: Um... You mentioned before, and it's actually, one of it's actually your first professional club was AE Limassol, um, and uh, their last championship was in two thousand seven, uh, which ended a four year run of titles. They won thirteen crowns; they're sort of the queen, um, I guess, is is what I saw. Um, and they yep. actually are the only Cyprus team to ever win a European title. They won the FIBA Regional Challenge Cup in two thousand three. Yep. Um, but then they dissolved and then restarted in in Division Two in 2015, yep. and ended up coming back to Division A in 2018. Um, as mentioned, that, that was your former club, and even though they've kind of struggled, um, they they from what I saw, it looks like they haven't been able to get a victory this year. How happy were you to see them uh, back into the first division?
2: I was the happiest. Uh, I.O. has a great history and and great culture in basketball. And it really saddened not just me and all I.O.'s fans, but it really saddened the the basketball culture and basketball uh, community of Cyprus when they decided to close and when they decided to, uh, uh, you know, move away. And when they when When they ultimately decided to come back and start from the second division and build this uh, the way up and go and ultimately come to the first division, I was the happiest because uh, as I said, you need teams like that uh, in the league for it to thrive. You need teams who know how to succeed, who've been there before, who've done it before, and with people who've done it before in order to educate and cultivate the new generations. Into becoming new winners and new, uh, uh, you know, and have new uh, success. Uh, and when they did, uh, it was a really happy feeling for me.
0: When when Karafnos won the title in 2017, it was the first one for the club since 2009. It was also your first um, uh, Cypriot title. Uh, I guess no, maybe did you win in 14? No, With? no, no. So it was your first championship. Maybe just what did it feel like for you then, also to be on on top of the country?
2: Yeah, uh, for me personally, it was a dream come true. Uh, I, I was as, as an athlete, as a basketball player, uh, I'm, I'm a competitor. I like to compete, and that year was the first year that I was given the chance to compete with Giarranos and to see, you know, the fruition of my. Uh, development and uh, the uh, of of my dedication to the game, to actually winning the championship and standing at the top of uh, you know Cyprus, uh, it was a unique feeling for me. But at the same time, it really fueled me and gave me you know the fire to keep uh, to keep getting better, keep progressing as a player. It's, it's it's a unique feeling, I believe, uh, that uh, not many athletes share, you know, to be a champion. And even though it's in Cyprus and maybe not the biggest uh, basketball country in the world, it's still our country and, you know, to stand on top of it, it's, it's a unique feeling.
0: And then in uh, in May of 2019, you had been already five years with the club and then you extended your contract with Kirovmos uh, for three more years. Uh, till the end of next season, uh, maybe. What was the biggest factor in that decision?
2: I believe it was uh, when when I first signed with Gerard Norse, I was I was a puppy, and you know, not really understanding how the career aspect of the game worked, and and I never I never had a an agent to represent me, and because I always believed that in Cyprus. Uh, it was best for me to make my own decision, and from the beginning, uh, the committee of Keravnos uh, they really transferred to me that they trust me and that they want me to succeed and that they want to invest in me. And when they offered came to renew my contract, I felt you know the the obligation to show them that uh, that investment that they had that they made and that trust that they given to me. I had to repay it, and you know we came down with the terms, and we agreed and on 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 the structure of our uh, of our deal, and I resigned. <laughs>
0: I saw in your bio that you played at the 2011 World Military Championship in in Rio Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Um, Mm -hmm. I've I've seen the the World Military Championship listed actually a a number of different times. What exactly is that competition? And, you know, you just mentioned, you know, Cyprus is not very big. Um, So how did it feel to represent Cyprus at a world championship?
2: Yeah, uh, in Cyprus, uh, probably you don't know, and most of our uh, of your viewers probably don't know. In Cyprus, we we have to uh, do mandatory uh, army years. As soon as we as soon as we done from uh, high school at eighteen years old, when I was uh, eighteen, we used to do two years mandatory in the army, and now it's dropped down to fourteen months. So after school, you had to spend two years in the army mandatory. So if you're an athlete uh that's that's a crush that's mm-hmm. you know that's a blow uh, in the head because uh you don't practice as often uh you can't really have uh, an athlete's life and you most of the most of the time athletes during that two-year period you you remain stagnant or even drop off significantly significantly where you are so basketball we're we're lucky to have these competitions and be involved in them uh, and it was a great uh, decision by the federation to uh, to make preparations for that. So it's basically uh, a national level competition with European teams, but most of the players are either officials in an army or in a in a one 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 kind of force in a, in a country either that uh, police force uh, or fire workers uh, they have to be and uh, work in one of those departments or be a soldier so you can have uh, availability for these competitions and our team was mostly made of soldiers
0: Um. You obviously we we've we mentioned a couple times now that that Cyprus is not really, you know, that strong of a yep. nation uh, on an international basketball landscape. But um, I would actually venture to say that Cyprus border has bordered on a being a superpower at the small states at the games of the small states yep. of Europe. Um, mm-hmm. You guys won eight titles. Uh, in the ten tournaments between 1995 and 2019, mm-hmm. um, as 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 um as someone who's kind of on both sides of it, this is a national team competition. As someone who's who's on both sides of it, competing against the likes of the biggest and best of Europe, and and really being you know sh- shown you know h- how good basketball is played or whatnot. Yep. And then on yep. the other hand, you are dominating. What what's what's it like for what's that like for you?
2: Well, I mean, the the small nations, uh, it's been like uh, a custom for us. You know, it's it's where we can really show that we're not in the bottom tier of, you know, of countries in basketball, but obviously we're not in the top tier and we're just hanging in between, trying to make that break, you know, to enter the new tier of our, uh, of our basketball. And to experience both sides, it's interesting because at one at one stage you you can be caught up in in the fact that you're winning against other teams, other countries that uh, may maybe inferior to you in basketball, and then on the other side you see the difference between uh, bigger bigger competitions and and, and bigger uh, European uh, competitions, and the you know you see the whole scope of, of basketball and what it can be and how it is. So, for me personally, I view it as a great example for the newer generation because you can't really be satisfied just because you're succeeding in a small nation's competition. Even though in the, in the previous one, it showed that we, we dropped significant, significantly from what we used to be, that also is an indicator that other teams, are make, other countries are making an effort and they're not just being complacent. So it's really a great example for the younger generations on how to invest and how to develop their skills because you don't want to be the top of the small nation's team. You want to compete with the big, with the big teams and the big, and, and the big nation. So that's how I view it. And obviously, it's a great experience to go and compete in those uh, competitions as well. But uh, I believe in order to succeed you you can't be complacent with just that and you need to understand that you need to put put the work in and the effort and invest in yourself first and foremost and then in the team and the coaches as, as a whole in order to make that next step and you know start to compete in the next level of competition
0: and and that and that you guys are slowly but surely starting to do um you know you look yeah. at the the qualification for Eurobasket 2017 uh, Cyprus mm-hmm. beat Switzerland twice um, mm-hmm. And then at the qualification for what's now Eurobasket 2022, yeah. uh, you guys beat um, uh, Portugal and, and Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you also took uh, Austria to overtime, you know, uh, playing against, you know, getting those wins and then also playing yeah. against teams like Austria and Great Britain. Um, maybe what did the team learn from those games, you know, to sort of t- try to take that next step? Yeah.
2: Uh, the interesting thing about uh, the last uh, span of five years is the team is being constantly uh, trying to make adjustments, and that's also been, you know, a factor that hindered uh, in our development as well. Because uh, in 2013, it was the first time we changed uh, we changed our coaching staff, and that's when a winning culture started to develop, and up until the last uh, Small Nations on, uh, seven, on 2017, that's when we changed coach again. And as I said before, most of the players that used to play in the national team were in the early 30s. And throughout those years, uh, they were reaching uh, you know, retirement age as far as, as, far as uh, national team goes. And we were trying to make adjustments, trying to bring in new players, undeveloped players, and it was, it was hard to you know, develop those players just with the games of the national team because uh, it's only a few games a year. And that's part of the reason why we uh, lowered the number of foreigners in, in the league so these players can develop through the Cyprus League so we can have well-developed players in the national team when we go and compete. And also another factor that hindered us was uh, the fact that we're trying to at least uh, make uh, try to find uh, uh, a foreigner that we can uh, use a, uh, as a as nat- uh, you know uh, naturalisé that's what we call him uh, to help naturalized
0: players
2: yeah yeah naturalized players mm-hmm. to help us you know make that next step especially in the in the big in in, in the front line uh, position because that's where basically we have the uh, most of our issues. yeah. And we, we, we've been having a war, you know, through the last couple of years on that subject.
0: The current batch of FIBA Windows, you guys are playing in the FIBA Basketball World Cup 2023 European pre-qualifiers. Um, you, you've actually now been eliminated uh, with mm-hmm. an 0-4 record. You lost twice yeah. to Belarus, which is, you know, basically Smoky Minsk. Uh, plus, some mm-hmm. other, plus some other guys. Ooh. And then you also, uh, also lost to Albania and Portugal got back at you. Um, next yeah. month, you have two more games um, against Albania and Portugal. Those games are going to be in Nicosia. What do you mm-hmm. and maybe the team want to get out of that, knowing that you guys are eliminated, but knowing that you, as as, yeah. as we've talked about a couple of times, want to take that next step?
2: Well, the, the, the thing is, the, the way we ended the, the last uh, window of competition... Uh, Is how we want to uh, begin the new. We we said we sat down as a team when we discussed and we said uh, let's take this time from uh, November until February and let's really look ourselves in the mirror, as players, and ask ourselves what I can do to be, to be a better player when the window of February uh, arrives. So that's the first thing that we discussed as a team and basically we want to make constant improvements and that's what we're hoping for. And that's what we're going for in the window of February. We want to see improvement. We want to see making, you know, a step forward, playing a better uh, style of basketball, playing a more consistent style of basketball and trying to see if we can do that individually first, because that's what it comes down to, especially with, uh, you know, windows, uh Small windows every few months without the without the time for the team to come together and practice together and develop together, you need to work individually in order when the time comes as individuals we're better than what we were a few months ago so that's what we're basically going for we're trying to see improvement individually first and then a more consistent uh effort and basketball in doing the games.
0: I have to ask about one of your national team teammates, Anthony King. Um, I actually mm-hmm. saw him way back when he was in Germany playing for Artland. Um, mm-hmm. And he had actually already been playing for the Cyprus national team. He had been in Cyprus before that. Mm-hmm. Um, he he turns 36 next week, and he's yeah. still playing for the national team. Uh, he won two two domestic titles in Cyprus, uh, is playing for a national team uh, as, as a naturalized uh, uh, player who obviously identifies with with Cyprus, what does Anthony King mean to Cyprus basketball?
2: He's a legend. There's nothing else to describe it. He's really an active legend of Cyprus basketball. And for me personally, he's been uh, a great friend, a great mentor, uh, and the greatest example of what a a professional basketball player is supposed to be. And from all aspects, uh, the way he approaches the game, and the way he carries himself as a person first and then as an athlete uh, it's really a, a, the greatest example i've ever had of a professional basketball player and throughout his his career with the national team i've been i've been there right along with him and it's it's you know it's an uh, amazing experience to play with him be a teammate and share all those moments of success with him, and the lessons that I've learned from him. He was one of the reasons why I kept playing basketball when I was when I was uh, thinking uh, of uh, quitting and trying to find something else as a as a professional career. He was one of the reasons why I kept on trying and kept on uh, focusing on myself and developing uh, individually first. So he's he's just a legend, man.
0: Uh, one of the things that we like to do in this podcast, these interviews, is to give uh, BCL fans, a, uh, give them a chance to ask uh, our players uh, a question or two. Um, Denai underscore dot P, what was your biggest dream growing up?
2: My biggest dream growing up was uh, obviously playing in the NBA. My biggest inspiration was Michael Michael Jordan. And growing up uh, 13, 14 years old, Uh, The dream was to eventually study with a scholarship in the United States and eventually make the draft and play in the NBA.
0: Underscore Le, underscore Paul, um, underscore top five music artists.
2: Music artist J. Cole.
0: Number one, beyond a doubt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Chris underscore Lloyd, favorite sneaker of all times
2: uh, basketball sneaker
0: any sneaker you want if you have, okay, you have. I, I,
2: I'm going to give you two choices I'm going to give you two options uh, a casual sneaker is my Air Force once all white and basketball it's probably going to be the Air Jordans 29
0: 29 that's pretty late no yeah. Okay. Uh, Matthew Nielsen, sixty nine, sixty nine, sixty nine. Favorite basketball moment ever.
2: Favorite basketball moment ever. I, I would have to say, even though I, 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 I we got, uh, you know, uh, qualifying in the bas- in the Champions League, probably the the greatest achievement basketball wise of my career so far uh the one that i really experienced with greater joy was the the last small nation teams that uh competition that we won because i knew it was the last one with the with that group of people that i basically grew up playing with because i knew after that uh, most of them will retire and king also was one of them and I, you know, I used that moment to enjoy it uh, because I knew that I would not get the chance to play in the national level with a lot of those guys before. So winning that competition and at the end having a dance, a traditional dance <laughs> of us uh, of Cyprus, it, it was it was one of my favorite moments as a basketball player. Uh,
0: last one is uh, uh, Vasilios Kord. favorite basketball move on the court.
2: Favorite basketball behind the back pass.
0: Behind the back pass sweet sweet alright let's uh let's close this off go back to uh to the um to Karavnosen here in the Basketball Champions League. Uh you guys have one final game left in the BCL uh at home on January 19th against Dijon. Um you know, obviously you guys are eliminated at 0 and 5. Uh there's the bitter taste uh of watching them have the 15 point comeback uh in the fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, maybe your expectations, uh, what you guys want to do in your final game uh, in the BCL this season.
2: I believe, I mean, as uh, as every ending should be, we should go out guns blazing. <laughs> uh, we should try, you know, to get the best out of it. And it's not something that we're just uh, going to casually uh, discuss between the team. No, it's, it's something that we're really looking forward to and that we're really preparing for. And we really want to come out and show up the best uh, the best face of the team and play the best basketball we've played in the BCO so far in order to, uh, you know, get away with the win and have something to show for actually, you know, accomplishing and uh, getting into the groups.
0: All right, fantastic uh, Simon Michael from Karofnos, Uh Thank you for uh, taking some time out of your schedule and and giving us a, a wonderful history lesson about Cyprus basketball. really appreciate <laughs> it uh, and good luck in that final game and, and good luck down the road.
2: I want to thank you as well. It's a great experience to to you know, talk with you and I hope we can do it in the future. Keep doing that, keep promoting basketball, and we need more guys like you.
0: all right um, you know you, you know you uh, when we were talking about uh, Karafnos before last week or whatever. You mentioned how, you know, they've been in a lot of close games. You know, this is the first time that we've seen a Cyprus team. You know, you've been uh, in this uh, – you've been with this league the entire life of the league. Um, what do you think about uh, – and you know European basketball obviously very, very well. Uh, what do you think about the, the performance that uh, Karavnos, uh with one game to go has uh, been able to, 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 to show?
1: They were, they were extremely unlucky to end up in a group with Nimburg, uh, Tofas, and Dijon. Because, I mean, if they ended up in a group with, uh, I don't know, like, Colón, Cholet, Smoky, Ike they could have won a couple of games over there. Or if they went to Zaragoza, Nizhny, Falco, and Lublin, they could have battled. But this this is like, who's the easiest opponent in this group? I mean, it could have been Tofas but at the same time, you're not winning against Tofash that easily. So it was desperately unlucky for them to be in this group because they're not a bad team. And I enjoyed especially the play of Rozel because he can do it all. And I mean, it's just good to have them on the map. And hopefully they're going to use this as a building season to come back stronger. Even Buck and Bears were horrible in their first time around when they played the Basketball Champions League. And look at them now. They're they're fighting Sassari to advance. So... It's a process. It's, it's not going to happen in a single season, but it's good that they have finally reached the regular season and have this learning learning experience from twenty twenty
0: one. Yeah, one of the one of the different one of the differences though with Bucking Bears or, or a team like um, uh, Nimbroke is, and 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 he talked about it was the fight that they have with with uh, Ike, and you know Ike was the, this was the third time that. It was the third time that Carafnos was in the qualifiers, and the other two times was Ike because they won the title the other two seasons, and so they're really kind of going head and head, head to head battling for that championship. So, um, you know, and that keeps them quote honest in the, in, the, in in the domestic league too, and so you know it's yeah, it's, it's been fun.
1: It's it's not all bucking in Denmark. Even you had teams like Horsens challenge them, so if there could be some comparison, but I do understand that. There's a big, bigger rivalry in Cyprus.
0: All right, let's uh, finish off quick with the uh, next week's games. Game day eleven, Tuesday. Uh, we have the games in Group D with uh, Nizhny Novgorod at Falco. And those both teams are at three and two in Group D. Uh, the other games are Casademont Saragossa, who are through against Lublin, who's out four and one, zero oh and five. So winner between Nizhny Falco goes through. Um, group B. Nimbuk against Tofas, 4-1, uh, 3-2. Krafnos, as mentioned, uh, hosting Dijon, 0-5, 3-2. Um, which game are you, you looking forward to most, I would say?
1: Mm, I'm going to keep an eye on Nizhny against Falco, because it's a head-to-head, head-to-head battle to reach the next round, so probably easier to follow that single game than to follow everything that's going on in a group with nimburg uh, tofas keravna Dijon.
0: I agree, I agree uh, uh, group, uh, on Wednesday we have groups A and C back and Bears uh, at 2 and 3 hosting Tenerife 4 and 1 Galatasaray uh, at 1 and 4, Sassari at 3 and 2 and then in group C Smoky Minsk uh, against Ike, two and three, three and two. Chalet, two and three. Hosting Shalon three and two. So you're hoping for two home victories in Group C, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, we need that four-way tie. <laughs> I mean, but um, Bucking against Tenerife yeah. is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, this is the ultimate test to see how good bucken really are, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time, Sassari need a win in and Istanbul,
0: they, and so. they just lost uh Justin Tillman. he just uh left yes. left town as well so that doesn't make the thing it make that much uh, that much more difficult so
1: yes so it's gonna it's gonna be <laughs> well, I mean this is too close to call especially because they're gonna be played at the same time with half an hour difference <laughs> so I'll need I'll need four eyes for
0: what do you, Wednesday. last question about this what do, what do you think bakken needs to do to beat
1: run run like hell keep running and do whatever it takes to outrun shermadini and huertas and get them exhausted and tired just keep running
0: yeah yeah that sounds that sounds good that sounds good all right uh any final notes
1: uh not really i mean this next week is gonna be (laughs) i'm not really even sure what to watch because it's gonna be so much close games and hopefully we'll we don't need to take out our our calculators to figure out what's going through
0: i want that in group c man it's four-way tie in group c come on come on give it to us give it to <laughs> yeah, us <come> on, yeah <laughs> all right uh that was the show uh follow us on twitter and instagram ba- at basketball cl like us on facebook Subcri- subscribe to the youtube channel for all the highlights and all the games um uh, there's the mobile app catch that the if you want to contact the show um, info at Basketball. Subscribe to the podcast. Championsleague.basketball is the website. Livebasketball.tv is where you can watch all the games live and on demand. Um, thank you to all the people who follow the show, also who uh, s- uh, send questions in for the players. Uh, appreciate that on Instagram. Uh, Enjoy the week of games, and we will talk to you next week.